Let's start at Rashad. This is the Trailer Trash All-Stars Podcast. Surprise, surprise, we are back. We have our shit together. Holy gracious, what are we getting consistent? Two weeks in a row. Bam! Bam! Responsible. That's right. So, last podcast, we were going to talk about UFC 205, but we kind of went off on a tangent and it got a little long. So, um, we're going to start today with UFC 205 because I feel like I didn't want to rush it last time. And this this UFC 205 card. And I des- screwed up and didn't record it. And so. it des- deserves our full attention, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't give it nearly enough time. So look, there are some literally amazing fights on the undercard. Um, Liz Carmouche representing Lafayette, Louisiana uh, versus Caitlin Chukagayan. It's a good fight. Rafael Natal, Tim Bosch. And I'm then, not excited about Natal is probably it's going to be a boring favorite, no, least favorite fighter in the world. Rafael Natal by most boring hug fest in history. Jim Miller, Thiago Alves. Now that's going to be a decent fight. I want Thiago to come back. I missed the pit bull. I miss his his, but, his hate hate style Muay Thai. Man, he just uh, yeah brutal leg kick. Man, I, he was one of my man back in two thousand seven. Man. Uh, he was probably like one of the guys that that gave GSP one of the toughest runs, you know. GSP could just kept taking him down, you know. And he he peaked. Yeah, he had all those injuries, you know. Uh, he kept tearing his uh, his pecs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I he think- tore one pec and then he got it healed, and the other pec tore. And Kondo, Carlos Kondo broke his nose horribly. Horribly broken nose. It was with a parry and with like an overhand elbow. And it was bad, man. He got hit, and it, it was just gushing. I blood hate to everywhere. say this, but I feel like his career is over. He's not on the sauce. I mean, I mean, I just feel like his career is kind of done. You know, I don't mean that in a bad way. I know I, I'm a former fighter, so you don't want to hear anybody say stuff like that. But I just think his prime was kind of at that GSP fight. Yeah, and I think the injuries have really plagued him. And what you know, a it's tear, tough, though. That, it's tough to stay. Yeah. It's tough to stay heavy in the game for that long, you know. But we've seen one of his teammates, Robbie Lawler, come back from a dismal career yeah. to pretty much put together his greatest run in history. You know, Tiago has a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, a lot, a lot I, of injuries. A lot of. I don't wear think and tear. he's as mentally strong as uh, as uh, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, and Jim Miller, not Jim Miller, was a man, top prospect for a long time and just kind of hit a skid recently. Just kind of back and forth. I think he just defeated Joe Lozan for uh, didn't didn't watch it, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it, he's kind of one of those guys too. I think this fight determines who sticks around. Yeah, I, I didn't think Jim Miller was that close to the edge, but yeah, I mean he's been uh, kind of middle of the mall for a while. I see Jim Miller winning the fight in a grinding match, but I see uh, Alves hurting him early. So wait, this is that one set? Oh, is that one seventy? No eight. One seven. Well, I don't know. It doesn't say. What's going on? That don't make sense. I think it's fifty-five. Jim Miller don't fight at seventy. I think it's at fifty. Yeah, probably. Probably usually when a fighter <laughs> comes back, they try to reinvigorate their career. They get a new strength and conditioning program, and most probably, look, if you're gonna come back at an older age, you got to drop down. Look, Jeremy Stevens did it. You got Rashad Evans yeah. on the card. He's doing. Yeah, he's done it as well. Yeah. Kind of last ditch effort, you know. Yeah, um, and then. Vincent Luque and Bilal Muhammad. I've seen a little bit from Bilal Muhammad. Really good fighter. Um, I think he's great. But uh, Vicente Luque, man, is just this dude's for real. 
I don't know if you saw him on the Ultimate Fighter. He was on the Ultimate Fighter when it was a uh, American Top Team versus the Black Zillions. Oh, okay, okay. He did really well. He had some great fights. He's had some great fights in the UFC so far. Really good jujitsu. Below got some crazy hands. Real, in, yeah. But Vicente Luque's striking has really improved under Henry Hoof over at the Black Zillions, and uh, this could be a good fight, you know. But it's a fight of two up and comer, up and coming 170 pounders. You know, the guy who wins this fight may get a top 15 fight. Um, and it's a great fight to be on the card, but um, it's nothing compared to some of the rest of these fights. Rashad Evans versus Tim Kennedy. Oh, Muhammad. He fought um, Alan Joban. Yep. Just, yeah, okay. That Did was he, his first loss. That was his first yeah, loss. First loss to Joban. Oh, first loss That's to right. Okay. okay, yeah, so Rashad, Tim Kennedy. Uh, we talked about this briefly. We talked about, you know, Tim Kennedy. He's not that guy, he's not very active. Not very, he's, he's doing a lot of things, you know, and uh, Rashad just coming off a brutal no a knockout, right? Devastating knockout. Uh, Bader? Bader clown clocked him. Oh, man. Hey, it was a devastating me. knockout, you know. And it, we, we've seen Rashad early in his career had a had a granite chin. Yeah. And just over the years, it's gotten a little tougher and tougher. He's probably, he's taken some shots in the gym, obviously. Black Zillions is a tough gym. Yeah. And I think he's probably taking some shots, and it's kind of showing us. Bader, some Bader, for sure, dangerous fighter. He is the gatekeeper. You know, he's beating you know uh, Rampage Jackson. You yeah. know, just beat Rashad. You know, but uh, you know, but uh, it, it, Bader's the gatekeeper. You know, and if you're not finishing guys like Bader, or at least getting past them, you don't really deserve to be in the top ten. You I know? think so, Tim Kennedy's got better wrestling. I think he's got better grappling for MMA. I think right. on the ground he's better. Um, Tim Kennedy doesn't seem like the biggest 185-pounder. I think this fight's at 205 or 185. Should be, should be at 185. But Tim Kennedy's not the biggest guy. Right. But he's really compact. He's extremely strong. He's got ridiculous cardio, and he's really hard to hold I've, on uh, to. I've worked out with him. Trained with him, too. He's I trained with him. And uh, not the nicest. Per I mean, he, he, uh, he wasn't malicious to me. I, I've heard some stories. I've heard some Jim's story. He did get on top of me and start dry humping me to death, mm -hmm. which was you know kind of funny. But uh, I'm a little ashamed about it. But him I mean, and I have trained together a lot. We knew each other for many years, and uh, we're good friends. So uh, I've trained with him. He's a monster. Yeah, he, he's a very powerful and deceptive. Yeah, it's very deceptive how strong, how good his wrestling and grappling yeah. is. You think you're gonna do okay, and man, in only a couple minutes, he can really change things up a lot of people don't know he wrestled collegiately i didn't know that he, a lot of people don't know that he started training at slow kickboxing with hackleman and chuck liddell you know in the 90s or something and he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu under the machados yeah, he, he's, he's a dangerous guy he's got a beautiful like overhand to take oh, down unbelievable. Yeah, he was hitting it on bisbing oh man bisbing was a prime example uh, he's a very good mixed Yep. martial arts fighter not if a pure wrestler no, but not a pure jiu-jitsu guy not a pure striker but very dangerous everywhere so i see tim kennedy beating up rashad evans I and see he's him been strike force i mean he's beat some of the best the, of the best. best in the world i think it may be a controversial and he's one of those guys or... who's not very charismatic he doesn't what? he's hilarious he is but I'm, i mean he doesn't he doesn't create a lot of fanfare he doesn't get a ton of like media attention he's not big into the whatever it's called but he's a he's an under the radar guy he reminds me of a gear guard musashi yeah he 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 does all kind of crazy stuff he recently did a documentary tv show where they went down to argentina 
and they were looking for evidence that Adolf Hitler had escaped Germany after the World War II supposed suicide and had lived out the rest of his life in Argentina. And a lot of people thought he was crazy. But a lot of other people know there's a huge German population Absolutely. down in Argentina. There's a bunch of bases that the Germans built. There's some underground fortresses that were built. And in Tim Kennedy's estimation, 100%, no doubt about it, Adolf Hitler was in Argentina post-World War II. They found genetic evidence and all kind of other, which is crazy. Yeah. Just literally crazy. Well, but, well, well, there was a lot of speculation on how he died. You know, mm -hmm. was he burned? His body was did, never did, recovered. Did they burn it? Did right. they blow it up with a grenade? But uh, we, we digress a little bit. You hey, know, I love it. Five, yeah. Hitler, kind of the same thing. <laughs> but in any way, the next match I've been waiting for for many years, I really hoped this fight would be Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier. But unfortunately, it's Khabib versus Michael Johnston, who recently beat our friend. Um, and so, you know, I understand it's competition and everything like that, but I just want to point out for the record, I hate Michael Johnson. I always <laughs> will. Um, I hate your face. I'm still bitter. Still, still bitter. bitter. We'll always be bitter. You got lucky. It's not, you know, you, you just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that was the best Michael Johnson that yeah. ever showed up. You know, that was the best Michael Johnson. And he caught Dustin with a great shot and uh, accidentally won the fight. It was the only way he could have ever won that fight. And he accidentally won. No problem. Yeah, I mean, Dustin was like one, two, in and out. You know, and I think Dustin was waiting for that big counter. And then yep. Dustin just committed with that third punch. And, man, that punch weaved through Dustin's hands and, and just, just, just found him, man. Look, when you're committing, when you're coming forward and someone stops and posts and drops their weight and fires a big, I think it was a big hook or a you're big overhand. You're exposed, yeah. And, you know, not coming down the pipe but slipping through the gloves. What you going to do? Khabib Nurmagomedov currently stands at 23-0. and 0. Arguably the most dominant lightweight in UFC history. His career has been littered with injuries over the past two years. We have been waiting for him to come back. He has talked an enormous amount of trash to Conor McGregor oh, yeah. and others. No one talks smack about Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's lurking in the shadows, man. Because nobody wants to fight this gorilla monster. Even Daniel Cormier and Cain Velasquez have both said on record... He is a terrifying monster to train with. Yeah. And he's 100 pounds lighter than them. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Michael Johnson's got a, th a swinger's chance. But I see Khabib grinding him out. Rule three of rounds. thumb, if I cannot pronounce your name, I'm not messing with you. Yeah, that's a good just, rule just of thumb. A, just rule of thumb. I'm excited about all the Russians coming out of AKA. I think they sent Crazy Bob Cook over to Russia. With maybe with maybe some visas or something. Yeah, some visas and, and some and some cash and some candy or whatever, and they're just trucking. Yeah, maybe a these heater, a Russian heater a sambo monsters. The real person that's bringing all these Russians over here from AKA is uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's father. Really? Also helps coach at AKA. Right. Incredible wrestling coach. Incredible master of sport in sambo, and uh, he's. You know, going back to what well, you guys don't know, they're, they're from Dagestan. Yeah. But he's going back to Dagestan, which is a wrestling community, and he's bringing the best. And, and they're and they're 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 
they're dominating. Yeah, that, that region of the world, you know, uh, just, just high grappling. And, you know, and Russia support uh, strongly supports the sport of MMA. That, that's the thing. Fedor yeah, yeah. was actually hired by uh, Putin to go around and, and you know and train young talent. Yeah. We've seen young talent fighting promotions such as Risen. So uh, you know, you, when you have a country kind of you know putting time and energy into a sport, yeah, that's a lot. Monsters. Obama uh, supports. Um, Basketball. Obamacare. Cool. Yeah, that's a problem. In any case, the next fight we got is this fight, I feel like, could be the main event on any card. For sure. Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens adds up to be uh, a very bloody, very exciting fight. I think someone's getting hit. Oh my goodness. I don't see either of them going down. I'm a Frankie Edgar fan. Uh I'm great friends with uh um a lot of the guys that train with Frankie. You know, I I've been friends with Ricardo Almeida, his jiu-jitsu coach for a long time. Dante Rivera and I were on the show together, the ultimate fighter, and I've always been a fan of Frankie's uh not just his fighting, but He's just the person he person. is, you know, he's a he's great dad man. and, you know, just yeah. a great guy. And I'm not saying Jeremy Stevens isn't. You know, I know Jeremy Stevens from way back. But Jeremy Stevens and I co-headlined a show in New Orleans. Right. He fought for the lightweight title and I fought for the 185 title. He's always been a good kid from Iowa and, a you know, a hard worker, right. devastating striker. But, um, yeah, man, I see this one going Frankie Edgar's way. I think he's yeah, too fast. One thing, one thing about Jeremy Stevens, he is a monster. He is a terror. But when you put him up against a very technical guy, he gets look frustrated. At Donald Cerrone mm-hmm. put on a clinic, clinic, clinic on him. Now, you know Frankie Edgar. You know one thing I like about Frankie. You know, like he's one of those guys that throughout his entire career, he's always had a chip on his shoulder. If I, I think I believe he was he was uh, got second in state in the high school wrestling. May have been like uh, second. Uh, maybe got like a second in uh, uh, NCAA or something oh, like that, or yeah. Division Three or something. And just a guy with a chip on his shoulder. You know, a lot of the people like that are very dangerous. And Frankie has always been an underdog. And man, he's a guy you just don't want to bet against. You know, it's just he finds a way to win. He finds a way to power through. A lot of his losses are very, very close. You know, look at some of his losses with Benson Henderson. Could have went either way. I think he just couldn't do enough damage to him. Um, and the Aldo fight, <sighs> Aldo just putting on some punishment, you know. Uh, just wasn't went able to connect. No, not I, at all. I don't even think he even tried for a takedown. I mean, uh, I, I don't think he was pushing it too much. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, look, I think this is easy work for Edgar. But but mentally, though, what is he going through right now? I mean, he just had his shot. Hey, if I beat Aldo, I get the title shot. He just lost that, you know, uh you know, after Jeremy Stevens, what else there is is there for him? You know, uh, I think Frankie Edgar. I know. think Frankie Edgar's frustrated with with uh, you know what's going on with his career. And it, what's it was going in his hands. His, it was in his mm-hmm. hands. Though he had that fight, and he won the fight. And yeah, but I I do think Frankie Edgar's kind of uh, um, he's going to do this fight. He wants one or two more big fights, and I think he's probably done. But I think he's has the striking ability. And the prowess and the skill set to put on a show against Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens always got the haymaker, but I just don't see it happening. And he, he is definitely going to drop some f bombs throughout yeah. the fight. He's yeah. a notorious foul Cusser. mouth, uh, a, a, a cussy mouth, He's cussing body mouth. Misha Tate's back with her beautiful face. 
not even gonna comment on it. She's a little girlfriend. I think she's great, dude. I think she's the, one of the most. Yeah, whatever. You're friends. the best. <laughs> yeah, you're sure. Great. You're Versus best. Raquel Pennington. I'm actually going to train with Misha this weekend. So okay. I'm Sweet. going to hang out and train with them in Vegas, and so I'm excited. Uh, yeah, where's Shadow? She's she trains with Robert Follis, who I'm going to train with and learn how to coach. And this is a little note for all you people out there. Robert Follis was a MMA coach for Team Quest out in Portland, Oregon, yeah. and he eventually moved out to Vegas. But Robert Follis coached three fighters That's right. to beat me. Yeah. He got Super. your number, Tim. Yeah, he got my number, man. No, he coached. Uh, coming out of, he's coming out yeah. of Oregon right now. You he coached uh, and- Chael Sonnen first, then Nate Quarry, then Ed Herman. The funny thing in the Chael Sonnen fight, you did give an interview in a wife beater. Yeah, I tried to do that. Which I tried <laughs> Trailer Park, straight Trailer Park. It shows. And uh, so, uh, but you know. I think the guy's a great coach. You know, he coached three fighters to beat me. So I'm going to Extreme Couture, a gym I used to train at when I lived in Vegas. And, uh, you know, I'm going watch him coach, help him coach, watch him coach his yeah. fight team and see how he does things. Because, you know, I think uh, the thirst for knowledge is important and to always be a student, to never be like yeah. so arrogant that you can't learn stuff. And the people out there who you have respect for, you know, hit them up and go go uh, go try to work with them. I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, the one thing as a martial artist, man, it does, that's one of the greatest honors. It, it made is whenever I travel, you know, just man, there's so many good people to train with, mm-hmm. and th- there's so many different ways to teach and to learn and just different techniques. You know, and just and picking just, up little things. And it's just never, never ending. Never whether, ending. You, whether you learn a new warm up or just a small detail and something you've been working on, or, or just meeting new people, yep. you know, who who are very passionate about the, the same sport that you That's love, the thing you know? about this sport. You know, no matter what city you go to in the country, there's there's people there doing MMA and jiu-jitsu. It's and like a fight you, club. And if you walk in there and, and you tell them who you are, it's unbelievable how welcoming and caring and, and uh, how cool everybody is with you, you know, right before and then right after they try to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> They're all real cool. But um, Misha Tate, Raquel Pennington. Uh, man, this is a close fight. You know, this is a clash of styles, I feel. I think Raquel Pennington is definitely um, trying to stand up and throw those prison hammers. And uh, Misha Tate's putting it to the, taking it to the ground. Where do you see the fight going? I think Raquel Pennington has improved. You think she's ready for a Misha Tate, though? Misha Tate's very well-rounded. Like, usually people kind of get devastated when, you know, kind of get uh, knocked out the way she did. Yep. I see her going for the win. You know, so going for the win is going to be, hey, one-two clinch, one-two clinch, one-two single leg all day, you know, and uh, get to the ground, get your head right, get, get the victory. Um, I got up in eight and six. Um, eight and six, I don't know. Yeah, I know, that's yeah. a... That's a like it's a Mark, that's Mark Hart that's n- numbers right serious, there. That's a serious. Eight and six is a grimy record, but she's lost some very controversial decisions. Um and uh, there's a lot to say maybe about her style. You yeah, know? I mean, um, she goes for it, and you lose some decisions going for it like that. You know, she doesn't play it safe. I think she's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, their reach is the same, their height's the same. Misha Tate's got her in experience, definitely got her in the groundwork and the grappling. Yeah, Raquel's got to come out, you know, and just hey, throw hammers right down the pipe. Yeah, you know, for, for, from jump, from jump, get Misha, get Misha uh, rattled, making dumb decisions, making poor shots. You know, so um, 
It's whatever. I, I, I'm giving it to uh, Misha Tate. I think yeah. Misha Tate finishes her second or third round by submission. Raquel Pennington has showed a terrible rear naked choke defense. Yeah. And, I, and Misha Tate's really good at it. Yeah, right. So, um, all right, next fight. I think this is a lot of people I think are choosing wrong on this fight, but Kelvin Gastelum versus Donald Cerrone. And I want to point out this fight's at 170. Uh, wait, so Gastelum, is he making weight now? Yeah, he's making weight. He's making, he's making weight? weight. Uh, well, what does that mean? So, for people uh, that don't know, Kelvin Gastelum used to fight at heavyweight, then at 205, then he was on the Ultimate Fighter at 185. Yeah, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, arguably, I think, probably one of the best Ultimate Fighters ever made. Ever, like, yeah. The, 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 they, they, they redid, like, the whole design. and Yeah, the, it was the, the, the new the new Fox. Oh, when it, was, Fox. it was great. Great. And uh, started fighting at 170. I think some of his problem early on with the not making weight was he was still kind of neighborhooding it. You know, by neighborhood in it, I mean he wasn't really professionally. Yeah, when counting his almonds. He wasn't focusing on counting his almonds. He wasn't, he didn't have a professional nutritionist. He wasn't working with a strength trainer who was monitoring his weight yeah. twice a day. I think that's changed for him. Yeah. And I think he's a little more serious. Um, but Kelvin Gaslam is probably one of the strongest 170 pounders we've seen in the Very UFC. Very deceiving looking at him. We've Very seen him just. Throw people like like just throw eighty fivers and seventy pounders around. Listen, I know Donald Cerrone's a technical striker, but this kid is a lot to deal with. Yeah, I've seen we've seen Kelvin Gastelum knock some opponents out and gorilla wrestle some people. So. We know how Donald Cerrone wants to win the fights. He well, wants it, to it's keep not the distance. It's not an important fight, so Donald's going to win. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I, I hate to say that. I give I, it. I give it to Kelvin Gastelum. It's kind of a head case, man. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Calvin's up and coming. I, I think uh, the person who wins this, you know, definitely in line uh, for a title shot. I mean, I wanted to see personally. I wanted to see Donald Cerrone versus uh, Robbie Lawler, and I, that was actually set for UFC 205 Madison Square Garden it was going down I believe the papers were signed uh but yeah apparently so Robbie Lawler actually contacted Cerrone met him uh in the downstairs lobby uh in, in Vegas and ex just explained to him hey this uh this fight isn't happening and uh Cerrone was definitely you know blown away this was this was his big payday this was his big payday for sure and uh, it, it's a fight that I want to see. I mean, it, it would have been a beautiful matchup. Uh, does Gastelum and Cerrone compare? Uh, may, maybe so. But, um, you know, who's to know? I, I believe R Robbie explained that you know, he had some personal stuff going on. Um, you know, and just coming off that big knockout, too, from Tyrone Woodley. You know, it, look, if you get knocked out, if you have some good coaches, they're going to tell you to sit out. You know, I think Lawler really needed time to, you know, let his brain stop swelling. You know, he just got knocked out, and I think he made the right decision for, for the, uh, you know, dropping out of the, the fight versus Cerrone, you know. So. I don't think it was a good fight for him. I think he needed to take, yeah. a, take a break, you know. Sometimes people on the outside will look at that and say, man, what's wrong with him? But you just don't understand the effects of long-term concussions. Brain and damage. Getting hit like that and brain bleeds. and It can affect the rest of your life. And there's no reason to 
risk it for uh, uh, just another fight. I, wa- I want to see Robbie. I mean, I want to see him stop soon. You yeah, know? yeah, I just, uh, He's done enough. You know, if you're a fight fan and, and you've seen what he's done for the sport and the stuff he uh, he's given his body to the sport for our entertainment and it's something that, you know, like he's never going to get back, you know, so uh, – you know, hey, a couple more, buddy. Let's uh, and let's 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 be done with this. Yeah, let's be done, man. Move move on right in the right direction. Weidman versus Yale Romero. I just don't even know why this fight's happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like the, the, the funny story. I think when Dustin fought uh, McGregor, Yale Romero fought uh, Tim Kennedy, and I remember uh, you know there's a controversial decision where he sat on the stool and all this stuff. And I remember the whole crowd just booing him, and he says he gets up and says, "America." And Jesus and everyone just goes ah and just goes ape shit just That's totally crazy. won the, just totally won the crowd over crazy. you know say so, hey, America and Jesus you can go no wrong but Weidman versus Yeah Romero you know uh, was suspended for some uh, false positive on some multiple times multiple a couple times <laughs> but it, it was a I think that this last this recent time it was proven a false positive kind of the John Jones situation but unfortunately the damage is already kind of done. You know, as far as his reputation with... I'm not a big fan of his fighting style. I just, very boring. Very boring fighting style. Um, I thought Jacare actually beat him. I did too. I think Weidman has much more tools. As long as he tr- doesn't try any of that spinning stuff that got him jacked <laughs> by never let that, no, no, They'll never let that go. Right? Um, you know, this fight can go one of two ways. If, if, if Chris Weidman controls the distance and Chris Weidman controls the fight, it's going to be an entertaining fight. If Yul Romero controls the fight, we'll probably go to sleep. Uh, and this is going to be a tough card to have a boring fight on. No, well, Weidman's, what concerns me about him is he's just kind of banged up. I know he's had he has multiple knee injuries. Yep. And I don't know if he's had – I think he's, he may have had some, some some serious surgery done, you know, but I don't know. You know, it, it just kind of concerns me. Like, I, I just saw kind of a hole in his striking when he fought Vitor. You know, I, I didn't expect Vitor to kind of bring it to him like yep. that the way it did. So – uh, you know that, that that's of concern, for sure. Um, I, I see Weidman pulling it together. I think he's a gifted athlete. I think he's pretty incredible. I see him pulling it together. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I think he's going to pull it together. Fine. Next fight, my favorite fight. It's the card that I'm looking. It's the fight I'm looking forward to. My favorite fight on the card. Um, I'm a huge female women's MMA fan, but. Um, Joanna Jerzejczyk versus Karolina Kowalkowicz. Now, who is, who both is these chicks, 12-0, 10-0. Kowalkowicz is the one who submitted Rose Namajunas. Uh, she's beaten numerous Heather, chicks. Heather Joe Clark. Heather Joe Clark. Does she have a kickboxing background? I'm sure, though. Uh, she's from Poland. She has some type of background. It's kind of unclear. I don't think she has the... Six-time world champion accolades that Joanna Jujacek has, but she definitely has a much better wrestling, grappling, and jujitsu game than Jujacek. But man, you know, Joanna has just shown a precision striking. That is what she did to Claudia Gadelia was unbelievable. You know, she lost the first two rounds against Gadelia and then came back and just beat the brakes off of her. Really beat her up for the whole the good two round, three rounds. Um, I think Joanna's here to stay, but I can see Carolina winning the fight. I'm excited. I think female MMA, to me, is one of the uncharted 
future territories for MMA. I don't think a lot of fans are ex- as excited about it. I think there's a lot of females it, it's growing. who are not fans yet. It's growing. We're going to talk about some numbers about that in a second, but I've been a fan, man. I'm always a fan. I think I think women's it just MMA is in a, a whole different demographic. Well, I just I think they're more they're very technical, man. They get better faster. They're really they're really good at learning. They have less ego. They focus really well. They're great athletes at the gym. That you know, the women that I train are, man, very, very. They're a pleasure to train. You know, where sometimes guys can be a little more difficult, um, and just watching them improve. You know, Joanna has improved dramatically over the last couple years. So I, I'm looking forward to the fight. I think female MMA is a is an incredible aspect to MMA, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's awesome. I love the 115-pound division as well. Next fight is the big one. A big one. A lot of people are talking about it. Tyrone Woodley. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Good. Great. Couldn't be a bigger clash of styles. No. It couldn't be. A United States Olympic-level wrestler with hand cannon power versus a traditional karateka karate kid who also has Brazilian jiu-jitsu experience. Also training with Chris Weidman. He's training with Chris Weidman at this time. Now, I think... uh are people kind of underestimating Tyrone Willie? Do a lot. I think a lot of people see this fight as just Stephen Thompson is just on a. Uh, and I agree. On, on, he is on another freak, frequency. Uh, not too many holes in his games from what we've seen recently, for sure. For what he did to Hendricks, and you kind of compare a Tyrone Willie to a uh, Johnny Hendricks, you know, and you just look at what Wonder Boy did to him. But Tyrone Willie's also training with Sage Northcutt right now over at uh, Rufus Sports. That's gross. So. Uh, I don't know. Woodley's trying to say that uh, Sage Northcutt is actually a better version. Well, Sage Northcutt is definitely similar in fighting style to Stephen Thompson. To say he's a better version is little fuckery there. Asinine, <laughs> right? Uh, he is very similar in style. But you know the thing about Tyrone Woodley, it's kind of like having a gunfight, and the guy you have a gunfight with has a bazooka, but that's it. Like, as long as you stay away from the bazooka shot, you're fine. He's not going to hurt you with much else. Don't get me wrong. He's got decent takedowns, but he doesn't do them. He just loads up and throws hand cannons. But if it goes the distance, he doesn't win. He's very muscled. He gets tired. And if his power doesn't land, his punch counts not nearly with the other guys he fights is. If it goes the distance, he loses to Steven Thompson. Right now, I, I will, it's a five-round fight. I, I remember, I remember kind of breaking down Tyrone Woodley versus uh, Roy McDonald. Roy McDonald had the perfect game plan, okay. And what he did was jab. That, what he does is that he stays right on the outside, and what he does, Tyrone Woodley kind of stalks, or he'll kind of back away a little bit, and he wants you to commit. And when you commit, you come with that. He comes with that big overhand, so yeah. he's very, very patient. You know, so Rory stayed right on the outside. I'm talking right on the outside. Three inches. Enticed him to come forward. Eventually, Woodley had to come forward, and when he did, Rory started taking him down. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, 
Thompson has to be patient. And I think he has the ability to move in and out and you know not commit and not commit to that big overhand. I think Thompson's movement's going to give Tyrone Woodley a lot of problems, regardless of how many rounds he does with Clownbox Northcutt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see Stephen Thompson, new UFC 170-pound champion. I think he's going to um, – I think his striking – He's one of the first, you know, I'd say him, Michael Venom Page, who have the traditional karate stance, karate style. And uh, they can knock you out. They knock you out. Cerrone versus Thompson next would be awesome. Cerrone versus Thompson. Yeah, but we know Cerrone is probably going to get knocked out in 40 seconds. (laughs) Get knocked out in his RV. Right. Minutes before. And the final fight, everybody's talking about this fight. There could only a big be fight, one. man. Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. King of the Underground. King of the Underground Fight Network. I saw the other day I watched him on Bully Beatdown. Oh, uh, yeah? Beat the brakes off this douchebag. It was I think hilarious. They had like Jake Shields on there, and I think he lost. <laughs> I beat the crap out of somebody. Eddie Alvarez beat up a dude. Bully Beatdown with Mayhem Miller just talking trash the whole time. Oh, get your ass kicked, buddy. Oh. So, like... Let me, let me ask you this. What type of fight does Eddie Alvarez have to fight in order to beat McGregor? What are the do's and don'ts? He's got to fight exactly the way he fought. Don't say Pettis. Don't say against Pettis. Why? It's boring. Yeah, but he's got to do it. He's going to be boring. He's got to. He's got to. Here's what he's got to do. He's got to mix in what he did with Pettis, pressuring up against the fence, making him tired. Paired up with what he did to Dos Anjos. Getting in on the inside, getting him against the fence, separating, uppercut, hook, uppercut, hook, cross, uppercut, hook, uppercut, hook, elbow, which is a great game. That's how he knocked out Dos Anjos. You know, he got him up against the fence. He pressured him. He took him out of his game plan. He didn't give him the space and distance that Dos Anjos likes, which is the same space and distance that Conor McGregor wants. He's got to take that away from him. It wouldn't be a bad idea to turn round one into Conor McGregor versus... Um, Chad Mendez round one. Right. You know, put him on his back and beat him up and elbow him in the mouth and get some blood in his mouth. Yeah. And take that space away because if you give Conor McGregor the space, he's gonna find the knockout. He's gonna he has he's got lightning in his hands. Yeah. He's gonna hit you. He's gonna knock you out if you give him the space and the, he's got good timing. Doesn't matter what anybody says. I watched him box. I saw videos of him box with a professional boxer in Ireland or England or somewhere and. Man, oh, yeah. He's got great. He's got he's got really good hands. And, Not just for him, man. Like just you saw general. him versus Cerrone. That he's getting hit with kicks and stuff and yeah. knees, but he was still coming with it. So he would get clinched, body shot, body shot, bam, big hooks to the head. You know, so just uh, someone you don't want to get hit by for sure. Definitely has the ability to knock you out and crumple you. You know, but you, do you think this card? I mean, is this going to be the biggest card in UFC history? Is, is is this the one? I mean, you know, the numbers don't lie. If we if we want to talk about something like that, the numbers don't lie. You know, and we, you and I talked a little bit about numbers. You know, let's talk about numbers. Let's talk about people. You know, a lot of people out there in social media, Facebook and stuff, are talking about uh, why GSP. Why, 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 me and Eric will break down why GSP. GSP ain't getting paid Conor McGregor's money because GSP ain't pulling in Conor McGregor pay per view numbers. Oh, that's not true. Oh, but wait. Oh, but it wait. Is. It is. UFC 154 GSP versus Carlos Condit, 700,000 pay-per-view buys. UFC 158 GSP Diaz, 950,000 pay-per-view buys. This is his biggest ever. Yeah. I would attribute some of that to Diaz. Because GSP Johnny Hendricks, same year, 
in November, 630,000 buys, right? Those are GSP's last three fights. Biggest one being GSP Diaz, 950,000. GSP was, you know, was, uh, I think, the biggest pay-per-view buy in uh, UFC history for, uh, for, for, for the longest time. No. What? No. Uh, well, he was pretty consistent. I mean, for no. sure. he was up there, huh? The biggest was before, before Conor McGregor, the biggest was Lesnar. Lesnar Carwin, 1.6 million. 1.06 million. That was the biggest before Conor McGregor. And before that, we talked about briefly, man, Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz was around 1 million. Yeah. And you think about the time of that. When was that? 2000? It's crazy. It's crazy. But McGregor's fight with Mendez, his first pay-per-view buy, like his first time on a big pay-per-view headline versus Chad Mendez, 825,000 buys. Huge. Next buy. His next buy with Aldo McGregor, 1.2 million buys. He literally doubled the buys of GSP Hendricks. Doubled the buys. Um, Conor McGregor Diaz. We said GSP Diaz was 950. McGregor Diaz, 1.6 million. 1.6. Almost double. That's crazy numbers. So, so GSP, you want... McGregor number. Yeah, but you're not making McGregor money. Next fight, McGregor Diaz 2, 1.65 million. The biggest in UFC history so far, 1.65. Yeah, so GSP, you know, has been out for some time. Uh, Now he wants to come back, and he's asking for this insane amount of money. Yes, his fight would be huge, but... What number? I mean, do they need him? Do UFC nope. need him? Nope, they don't need him. But and it, they're not—they're not, not going to give him the money that he's asking for because it, the, the truth is the numbers don't justify it. Is he worth the keep just to keep Bellator from getting him? Not for that money. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't care if he comes back or not. You're gonna you're gonna watch him. You're gonna I watch mean, him. I don't care if I mean I'm not. I was never that that big of a fan. You know, I'm, I'm, I just never was that. I, I think he's amazing. I think he's a great fighter, but I, I'm just not not a humongous fan. You know? uh, Josh was talking about that. Uh, how you know, you know even people today. Mm-hmm. You ask a you know a young kid who GSP George Saint Nobody knows. is. They don't know who he is. Another number we, we you know uh, Eric, Eric and I downloaded this pay per view buys business of MMA paper and up. Some other numbers we noticed that are Stats. pretty incredible is. Uh, Rousey McMahon in 2014 brought in 350,000 pay-per-view buys, which isn't great, but for a female headliner, right? And it, we'll, beat, it beat Baral Faber too. And so, uh, and the, the, so what we're looking at? It here, beat Hendrix what, Lawler. What was what was her next pay-per-view? <clears throat> Rousey's next pay-per-view versus Kat Zagano, which lasted like 10 seconds, was 600,000 buys, which beat Pettis Desanos. It beat uh, Johnson versus Cormier. It beat Velasquez Verdum. Did great, you know. It almost yeah. beat Anderson Silva Diaz. Yeah, and you're watching, you know, Ronda's pay per view yeah. buys go up by absolutely twenty five percent, absolutely every, every single, single time. time. Now, next time Ronda Rousey's out, Ronda Rousey versus Betch Correra. That, that's where she knocked her out into doggy style position, if you remember. Yeah, straight face out, face first, face first, and then straight out of Compton, face first, ass up. 
Oh. It's a bad one. 900,000 pay-per-view buys. Everyone saw that. Female, 900,000. Could she do more? Rousey versus Holly Holm, November 15th, 2015. 1.1 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, she's just going up and up. Gracious. She's going fuck. up and up. I mean, you got can to... it get any better than that? I mean, yeah, I don't even know if it absolutely. can get any better. Yep, it she does. She comes back. She's... 1.5 easy. So that was a year ago. Rousey home was one year ago. About. Uh, here's the deal. July 9th on my birthday, UFC 200. Tate versus Nunes was the headliner. It's hard to say that Tate versus Nunes pushed UFC 200 to this number. That's not true. Even though they were the headliner, there was a lot of the great fights on that card. The only bad thing about that card was the baby shit yellow mat was the only bad thing about that card. If you remember the baby yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? It was terrible. Why? I think they tried to go gold, but it was baby shit. It was terrible. But 1.2 million buys for Tate News. A great card, too. Great card, too. Amazing card. Uh, and then, you know, of course, McGregor Diaz, 1.65. What we're seeing here, though, is GSP doesn't pull quite the numbers that he behaves and acts like he does. Uh, and... I'm not quite sure he deserves the money he's asking for. Because if we're talking about business, he's not doing that kind of business. It's the, the, the way Conor McGregor is doing business. So you don't get Conor McGregor money unless you're doing Conor McGregor numbers. Yeah. And being out of the game for that long, I just don't see it as a realistic request. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think... Uh He's trying to make what well, McGregor's probably pulling in by about ten million a fight, something like that. You know, yeah. and, and GSP was making you know a couple two three million. Yeah, uh, I, I believe. Uh, I mean, keep him at you know at that same amount two three million. He will bring in some numbers. Look, absolutely. I'm not saying he's, he's not going to bring a million. In he will get a million buys. But is no he going to bring that. in the numbers that they need him to bring in to justify a four to five million dollar payday? I don't yeah. think so. And then, you know, AOC's got to put up the money to promote him, bring him back, hype him back up. You know, essentially, you have to reintroduce. You know, a, a new product into the into the yeah. market. It's not like a McGregor's is steamrolling right now. Yeah, you have to you have to take time and invest time and energy and marketing and publicity in back into GSP. I mean, sure he, he has some history, but you know, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and it, there's too many other options on the table right now. You, you don't need them. You don't need them. You, you don't. You don't need them. Sport is growing. Yeah. So let's talk about the new criminal enterprises in America, mainly the presidential election yeah. uh yeah man it's crazy recently i watched a thing by michael moore who i for sure thought was hardcore democrat yeah i was not a big fan of that guy for yeah. sure and uh he came out and 100 percent in a facebook video if you haven't seen it go look up michael moore donald trump on facebook i and get my a, news from facebook there's a huge talk he does about supporting donald trump and the reason he's talking about supporting donald trump is because he says Hillary Clinton is the establishment. She is the enemy. And he also talks about a cool thing where Donald Trump went before the Ford Motor Company and told them if they, if they move production to Mexico, 
if he becomes president, he's going to charge them a 35% tariff. I'm not sure if he can legally do that. Crush their company. I, I like what he's saying. Though, you know? yeah. He's not making friends by doing that. That's for sure. I, I think they're both criminals. And uh, we're in a horrible position. Some people say, well, then we should just vote for Johnson or Jill Stein. I don't think that makes any sense either. Uh, I, I just I think this is just a crazy election. So light my crotch on fire. It's unbelievable. That. I think I do think, in my opinion, I do think Hillary Clinton is a representative of the establishment and is a representative of one of the most disgusting families who is ruining our the whole world, yeah. the Rothschild families. I'm gonna read this to you. This is a little bit. Um, We're about to get about to get conspiracy dirty. theory. In 2000, there were only seven countries who did not have a Rothschild-owned central bank. They were Afghanistan, Iraq, Sudan, Libya, Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. I feel like I, we should have some dark music. I don't think it's a coincidence that these countries, that. which are listed above, are still being under attack by the Western media. Since one of the main reasons these countries have been under attack in the first place is because they do not have a Rothschild-owned central bank yet. The first step in having a central bank established in a country is to get them to accept some outrageous loans, which puts the country in debt of a central bank and under the control of the Rothschilds. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, you know, 2003, of course, we went to war with a number of these countries uh, and and and. In 2003, the only countries left on there were Sudan, Libya, Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. Of course, Afghanistan and Iraq, we went to war with and got them centralized um, in that time between 2000 and 2003. Um, since then, Sudan has been in the news. They're now under the central bank, and we've been having tons of problems with Libya who's also now under the central bank. The only countries left are Cuba, North Korea, and Iran in the world. Hearing Hillary Clinton say things like, I'm for open borders. I want to allow 600 million people in this country uh, leads me to believe that on top of the WikiLeaks emails between her and Miss Rothschild, uh, that, you know, she wants to create a one world government, a domesticated one world order where everyone answers to the big banking powers. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not for Trump. I'm not for Hillary. I am for America. I want my rights. I want to live in a free country. I don't want to answer to this conglomerate banking empire. I don't want a one world government. I don't want to... Um, I don't want to live in this mess. I think this mess is killing us. And, you know, I think we saw the first rise up against the Rothschilds and the rise up against this one world order when when Brexit happened a couple months ago and the, the British people voted to remove themselves from the European Union. Um, we, we, that was the first time anyone stood up to the establishment. You know, I think Donald Trump is is his ticket is that he's trying to do that. He's going to shake things up. He's trying to shake I, I things know, up. Look, I, I think he's crazy the, though. I think I, he's I don't nuts. Know if it's for the good. I don't want him to necessarily be my president either. It's a it's a it's a change up. Yeah, it's it's it, nuts. It's a crazy scenario that we're living in in our country right now. It's ridiculous to watch what's happening. I, I, I'm I'm scared for my kids. Get out and vote. 
Yeah. Get out and vote November 8th. You know, that's the one thing they can never take away from us. Well, I guess they can one day, but, <laughs> you know, for now, we still have the right to vote. Does it matter? Or does the electoral college determine it? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of just discouraging, you know. It's it, discouraging. Uh, yeah, there's, there will be controversy, though. This is not going to, I mean, this whole thing no, is just gonna gonna ugly. Now, now they're trying to say that Hillary, you know, that Obama knew about, you know, uh, Hillary's emails, that, you know, she, she was, that he knew for a fact that she was sending stuff from an unsecured server, you know, and uh, you know, that, that was allowed, you know. So uh, I don't know. And then it's just getting real deep with all the, all the, the, the trash talk about Trump and just him grabbing women by the meow, meow, and all that stuff. It's so. crazy, dude. It's like. In any way, it's we're, hilarious. We're like in the Wild West again. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching like VH1 or Me something too. like that. Like Real Housewives of Washington, D.C. <laughs> something like that. It, In any case, that's our life. That's our future, you know. So, thanks for listening to the Trailer Trash All Stars with Crazy Tim and Eric. We'll see you next week. Peace.